Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, welcome on into the PHNX Arizona Wildcat postgame show. Arizona falls just short, my friends, tonight, 31 to 24 to Washington. We're going to get to all your comments, all your thoughts. Mike Luke is out tonight. We've got Damon joining us, Anthony Gemino, John Schuster. We're going to unpack it all. Uh, but Damon, to start, really a game where Arizona obviously was an underdog, as we noted here in the intro by 19 points, Arizona comes out a lot of up and down here, but ultimately Damon, if you would have told me at the end of the fourth quarter, when that clock hit zero, Arizona is only losing by one touchdown. I would have taken that. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was, a. Uh, it started off a little shaky, obviously. Um, I thought that Fafita kind of looked rocky to start and that defense was really kind of letting all those, everything in on the sides, everything in those flats uh, go for, you know, 10 yards at a time. Um, but overall, I, I thought that the, the game plan was pretty decent. Uh, you didn't really get Washington, let Washington get anything deep, which is kind of their MO. And uh, I, I was, I, I don't know. I, I, I was satisfied with it. I, I, w- I wished Fafita kind of looked a little sharper at times, but it's expected when you come in and play your first career start against the number seven team in the country. AG. Yeah, they, uh, you know, they definitely had a strategy on defense and I think that strategy t- to keep everything, try to keep everything in front. Cause you know, there's so much yards after catch, but they did really take Washington. Washington's got one of the best receiving cores in the country. And they really took that part of it out. So they kind of shortened the game. They shortened the possessions, stayed in it, outscored Washington over the final three quarters. And it's not like the Huskies weren't trying and certainly gave the Huskies their biggest easy, easily their biggest scare of the season. It wasn't quite enough. You know, they didn't really, you look at some of the numbers, some of the total yards, they, you know, they, you can't make the case that they should have won the game, but man, they were right there and they could have won. And this, this is the kind of thing when we're talking about Arizona getting into this really, uh, difficult part of their schedule playing ranked team after ranked team after ranked team they're they're going to be good enough to win they just have to play a little bit better to knock off some of these teams coming up and they're going to it's just really hard to predict which ones but this was this was a good barometer i think it'll it'll serve them well as they head into october and a challenging november too yeah uh, you know the the first quarter to me i i kind of was confusing to me. I thought uh, in Tucson that the exhibition game was last night. Uh, It looked like Washington was pretty much doing whatever it wanted and uh, surgically taking care of business. But by the time, uh, you know, you got into the second quarter, Arizona did a really nice job of holding its own. One of the things that I think this team does a pretty good job of that doesn't necessarily get uh, perhaps the publicity that it deserves is its in-game defensive adjustments. It seems like very often Arizona – you know, has a game plan going in, has to figure out how the team is going to attack that, maybe gives up a score here and there relatively early and then goes back and figures out what it needs to do and fixes it pretty well on the fly and makes things a little bit more difficult as the game progresses. And I thought uh, Washington uh, had to endure uh, quite a bit of that tonight. Um, You know, it was one of those games where, there were twinges that maybe if a lot of things broke your way, Arizona could win, but you always felt Washington was going to win the game. I think Anthony's point about where the schedule goes from here, it's one of those, if you compare the last two weeks, the win versus the loss, you come out of the loss thinking that Arizona's got a better chance of picking off a team or two here uh, in the what remains of, I guess, the six-game gauntlet, as opposed to after their performance against Stanford. Uh, But there are also obviously, I think, um, and reasonably going to be uh, other uh, discussions that come up 
probably the most notable because it's always fun when it uh, falls under the category of controversy is what you're doing at the quarterback position. And uh, Arizona has an interesting problem in that regard. And let's let's get to that next, guys. But first, BetMGM. BetMGM, the official sports book of PHNX. Sign up with code PHNX. Bet $10. When you wager through the BetMGM mobile app of at least $10, you get $200 instantly in additional winnings, regardless of your wager's outcome. How to get into this offer? Four easy steps. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up with promo code PHNX. Deposit at least $10 in your new account. Place a wager in the amount of at least that $10, and you get $200 in free play. So Arizona, like you said, Shu, goes out there tonight. Noah Fafita is the quarterback, and... I think when you look at the performance from a holistic standpoint, I think there were moments where the moment looked a little bit too big, but there were also moments where the moment didn't look too big. And Fafita did some nice things out there and kept Arizona's offense moving, which is all you can do, which is all you can ask for a game like that in a game like this. I don't think there was a significant drop off between your star, your uh, proclaimed starter and your backup. And uh, you know, that makes the situation uh, kind of interesting, and usually I'm fairly uh, I'm I'm fairly late to the game on this. I generally land on patience versus uh, you know uh, radical changes in the process, but uh, I feel like I'm kind of leaning in the other direction here, and I wouldn't mind uh, starting Fafita until he shows that you know you can't do it. Obviously, Delora's ankle is going to play a little bit into this. And my guess is that fish is going to go with Delora ultimately when Delora's healthy, I'd, I'd seriously consider moving in the other direction here. This, I think potentially, especially if Delora is a healthy and two gets into a position where he keeps creating more turnovers than he should, uh, puts fish into the first, um, area of perhaps discomfort in terms of what the vision is. And what the process of the vision is supposed to be. And when a football coach comes into a program, what that football coach does is he goes through the interview process. He tries to convince the president and the athletic director and some other people who are in that room. We're going to do A. We're going to do B. We're going to do C. We're going to do D. We're going to be able to win games in four years or five. And we're going to make definite progress by year three, all those sorts of things. The next thing that happens after you ultimately get the job, how are you going to recruit? How are you going to be nice to the alumni? Where are you going to get uh, boosters involved, fans throughout whatever all the off-field PR stuff and who you want to get into the program? to make it better but at the top of the list is what you're going to do at quarterback and when you pick your quarterback you think okay this is the guy who is going to set the foundation to lead the program to where it ultimately wants to be unfortunately sometimes that doesn't necessarily work the way you would like the area that we saw this i think most recently at least the one that comes to mind is what mike stoops had to deal with with matt scott and nick Foles, and it feels like we may be relatively close to that sort of thing here, uh, especially if Fafita holds his own and doesn't commit turnovers. Now he had one interception, another one where they were trying to make, de- de- you know, uh, late, you know, trying to make some de- desperation plays down the field. But to me, Fafita looks, Delora looks to me like a guy who makes a good or neutral play nine out of ten times, but makes five mistakes a game. And Fafita did not tonight look to me like a five-mistake guy. And Arizona, up to this point in the season, I think, is a team that has scored about per game 14 points less than it should. I think maybe a lot of that lands on quarterback's decision-making. I thought Fafita's decision-making, especially for a first-time outing, was pretty darn good. And I'd be more than willing to give him more looks as the season moves along. A.G., what do you think of Fafita? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm in Total step with Shu's last comment there. I am completely comfortable. If that's the decision, Fafita moving forward, I'm all on board for that because he, there is a certain calmness about the way he plays the game. You know, he's, he's very nifty in the pocket. He can scramble. He can avoid some pressure. But he's all, um, other than that one play where he did the Jaden Delora flip throw, you know, he's, he's keeping his eyes downfield. He's making... He's uh, at least not taking a lot of negative plays when he doesn't need to. 
Um, you know, the, the, I think the only thing he does he lacks compared to Delora, of course, is the experience. This was a big step toward closing that gap. He just played the number seven team in the country and got Arizona within a touchdown with a minute to go. Um, you know, Washington's defense isn't as good as, as its offense, but it's not bad. It's certainly better than some of the other defensives uh, we've seen and will see in, in the Pac-12. So I, I thought he did a lot of good things. Um, and it's, uh, you know, not just me falling in love with short quarterbacks because I love short quarterbacks. but uh, As you should. And, and he's a little bit shorter than Dolores, so obviously I'm going to love him a little bit. Sure. Um, no, I, I, I suspect – and I thought this was great. This was great for Jed Fish. He could play the injury card. Dolores in street clothes. He's got an injured ankle. There's no controversy. He has to start Fafita tonight. It's not like he's taking him out because of performance or, you know, they're, they're really close in practice, whatever. Fafita was simply the next man up tonight. Going forward, that's a little bit difficult. And I suspect he will stick with Dolores because that's – it's his job right now. And, and coaches are usually very risk adverse when it comes to making a change like this in mid season or close to mid season. Yeah. To me, go ahead, Damon. I was going to say, I feel like, uh, Delora kind of like he, he, I think he will be given the job back from fish. I think that's just kind of how fish operates. That's just my opinion. Uh, but I would be perfectly fine with going with Fafita for the rest of the season. I really like Noah and I, and I just want to, kind of put my hand up P posh in the comments. We appreciate you for showing up and we appreciate everybody for showing up, but he wasn't too happy that I put in the headline that uh, Fafita was shaky in his first start. And I thought there were some shaky moments. Yeah. I mean, he missed a couple throws. He had that really bad interception. He almost threw another pretty bad interception trying to chase late. I mean, that's expected. It's not a big deal. And I just wanted to preface that by saying that I also, I also kind of, I mean, I would be fine with going with Fafita going forward. I, I thought JDL has been bad this year, to be completely honest with you. And I'm perfectly fine with what Fafita did tonight. But I'm also gonna willing to admit that, you know, there is some progress that needs to be made. And I think that he has the ability to do that. But uh, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, he was, you know, fantastic tonight. Because if he was fantastic tonight, I think, you know, we, we maybe could have won the game. Yeah, look, I mean, the interception hurt late in the game. I mean, there were a couple key turnovers at that point that took Arizona out, but still to finish one touchdown shy of tying it up here, 24 to 31, that's not something that any of us expected on the scoreboard, I don't think. No you know, the thing about Fafita, too, is I think it says a lot about the moment, too, when you are in his situation. This is your first career start. Like AG said, this is the seventh ranked team in the country. This is the best offense in college football scoring 50 points a game. And you go out there, you're calm, you're cool, you're collected for the most part. And like we've talked about with this Arizona offense, it's it's a little bit different than what we're accustomed to seeing here in the sense that you have skill position players and you have pieces that make it really easy to move the ball, especially at quarterback when you do the things you're supposed to do. Take those checkdowns, take what the defense gives you. And at times, if you need to be elusive, if there's pressure coming to the pocket, like we saw today, we saw a couple of those deep passes that he did throw. He can make those too. But Noah does a really good job, shoe of just taking what the defense gives him, getting the ball out, going through his progressions, maybe two, three, four receivers into it versus JDL, who maybe locks on one guy and wants to make the home run play. And as we've seen throughout the year and even last year, it's hurt Arizona at bad times. And uh, Fafita had his fair share of mistakes today. But still, I mean, I would take this performance uh, considering all the circumstances here. And consider, you know, Arizona was without, I believe, it's starting running back tonight, which makes yep. them a little bit and and got down 14 nothing early. So it makes them a little bit one-dimensional in what it was that they could do. And I thought he did a reasonably uh, good job out of the gate. And I think there are possibly some other reasons why Delora is going to get the position other than, you know, being more or less promised it. Right now they're kind of tied, usually as Anthony and, and Damon noted. If you go for the tie, you're going to lean toward the guy who's the starter and so on and so forth. I think there's also probably per, per, perhaps a money issue that plays into this as well, uh, given the uh, aspect of NIL when you're paying your starter probably a heck of a lot more than you're paying your backup. Uh, so there are, but in an all things being equal world right now, I think I'd lean toward Fafita in that category based on what I saw tonight. And there's another reason that I fall under that category, at least at the moment as well. 
Uh, and that is uh, one of the things that I think has kind of fascinated me with Arizona on the offensive end. We've heard this a lot this year. Arizona's got a lot of these skilled players. They're, you, you know, they're loaded at wide receiver. They're really good here. They can, you know, you got some guys who can make plays. Yet Arizona hasn't seemed to, generally speaking, been a, been, been a team that can score on three plays. They are a 10-play touchdown team. And it feels to me like some, which is a problem, especially if you're not, uh, be, because the game plan, I think, against a team like Arizona is eventually they're going to get a holding call, make enough of a mistake. You'll play a bend but don't break thing, keep them in front of you, and eventually the drive will stall. Uh, and and oftentimes, I think Arizona has done that this year. They have all these skilled players, and generally speaking, I think they scored two touchdowns less per game than you expect them to be. Maybe tonight is an exception. Um, but Fafita, I think, might be a little bit more patient than Delora is. And if that's what the defense is going to give you, and it seems to me that that is a relatively general game plan against the Cats so far this year, then maybe the guy who's a little bit more patient and willing to do the check down on the seventh play of the drive or the eighth play of the drive, instead of trying to go for a big shot if it isn't there, is something to consider. Yeah, I want to dig a little bit deeper into that, AG. But first, Circle K. When's the last time any of you guys went to Circle K? John Schuster, I know you go there a lot. Well, you know, uh, I, I I was especially impressed with the uh, uh, a clerk who uh, asked me for my ID when I tried to buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> well, the what, thing is, you all need to. Was that this jo- year, shoe, or are we go going back a ways? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Does it matter? You got to go back a lot further than just a ways. <laughs> Regardless, if it was yesterday or twenty years ago, you all need to join the Circle K Inner Circle. America's thirst, uh, thirst stop, new free membership program, save 25 cents per gallon as well on your first five gas fill-ups. And we know the cost of gas is rising these days. And also every six, uh, free selection, uh, every six product you buy, you get a free selection of circle K products, pizza, coffee, ice, cold fountain drinks, join inner circle for free by downloading the circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating location, visit circlek.com for details uh, on the Fafita point, And just when you look at this offense and look, we've been spoiled with some good offenses over the years here at Arizona, especially the last decade with the Ridge Rod teams going out there scoring 35, 40 points a game. This Arizona team under Jeff, uh, Jed Fish, excuse me, in this program, it doesn't really seem at this point where we're in spots where Arizona can score those 45, those 42 points to win ball games. And like we talked about at the beginning and even going into this week, when you play opponents like Washington, when you play a lot of these Pac-12 schools, AG, that have good high-powered offenses and really good quarterback play, Arizona's got to be able to hang in and score more points here. And to beat a team like Washington tonight, you had to really put up 35 to 42. So I guess my question is with Fafita and this personnel, is this offense capable of scoring 35 points a game? Yeah. I think they're going to limit themselves uh, by possessions because like you said, this is a very much of a 10 play 75 yard drive kind of team. And to do that, you have to be super efficient, which is where Jaden Delora is a little, we've seen him be worse at that than the limited time we've seen of Noah Fafita. Because at least Fafita, you know, didn't take those big negative plays. He wasn't dropping back 30 yards, trying to scramble, um, things like that. So in that sense, I think Fafita is a really good fit for this offense. He seemed very efficient. Just keep it going. Get those first downs. You're going to try to put together long drives. You don't want those negative plays are going to get you out of that rhythm. But, um, yeah, I don't think, you know, you you talked about the receivers a little bit, but and we, we know we've got two really, really good receivers on this team. And then you have Lamonius Craig, who gets a few targets a game. Is there another receiver on this team? You know, you got a tight end, really good. But I'm, I'm not sure, you know, I'd, I'd sure love to see somebody else step up at receiver. And there's really not – T-Mac is great. He's not a super blazer on the outside. So I don't think they have – Arizona has that long speed that's really going to threaten teams. So, yeah, I think it's a quick quick throw kind of team. Get your 8, 10 yards and try to keep, keep moving. 
but that doesn't lead you to score 50 plus points a game. It puts you in that 35 point range, but you have to be super efficient, which Arizona again, until tonight really wasn't, or really hasn't been for the, over the course of two or three years. They've been horrible in the red zone. They've been, they were better last year. Um, but there's a lot of times when they cross midfield, especially in the first month of this season, and they come away with no points whatsoever. Damon? Uh, I, I mean, honestly, I thought the one thing I did want to say is I thought Fafita looked really poised tonight. Like it, there was not like a, a lot of times in a first career start situation, there's maybe like a, a you know, some, some delay of games, uh, you know, not getting everybody set up, but it felt like he had great control of the offense, which is beautiful from, you know, first start situation. But when getting back to what you were talking about with like getting into shootouts, I kind of, I was thinking about last year, that Washington game last year finished 39, 49. So, you know, we were able to put, a, I, I, I thought that game could have gone either way too, given a call here or there. Uh, USC last year, I was at that game, um, eight point game, 37, 45. I mean, we were, we were hanging with some of those high powered offenses last year, but for some reason this year, I just haven't really felt that juice from the offense. Like it, to me, it hasn't seemed like the offense has the ability to hang with those teams. Like maybe I kind of thought they did last year. The defense has definitely taken a big step forward. Uh, but to me, it seems like the offense has gotten less dynamic. And I don't know if that's just like a singer thing, but uh, which I d didn't expect before the season, but it's definitely like popped out at me watching this team. Like they don't have the dynamism that I kind of thought they were going to have. It feels like there's a little bit of a stagnation, even though I'm not sure that's, you know, entire, you know, it, it feels like they, 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 they haven't made the jump from year three that they had from year two to year one. Now, obviously from year one and year two, the difference was uh, fairly notable. This is still a team that is better than any of Fish's teams. They're six or seven win good, but again, they're playing at a conference with nine, 10, 11 talent uh, win talent For teams. Sure. And that makes things uh, a, a little bit more difficult. So it's, you know, the defense has improved, but, you know, we'll ho hopefully things will, uh, you know, take a step in a positive direction again. But it is fascinating to me that they don't seem to be a big strike offense every now and again, that 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 whereas Washington and, and keep this in mind, we're talking about Arizona losing a seven point game. And OK, let's be fair. It was 14 for most of the game. It was two score yeah. game for most of the game. But Arizona was around hanging around in this game. And if you looked at it in the first quarter, this looked like it was going to be 49 to seven. And, and Arizona fought with them, made some adjustments on the defensive end, and Washington was not nearly as potent uh, in in the final three quarters as they were out of the gate where they were just kind of doing what we're talking about Arizona doing effectively, just march down the field and take seven yards here and seven yards there and put together a 12-yard, 80-yard. What was their first drive? 95 yards? It looked like they're going to do this all night mm -hmm. long. Uh, and And then things did a nice job leveling off. Washington's good. Washington's legit top 10, possibly top five good. Now, they didn't play. I mean, they, they, I think they had 10 penalties or 11 penalties for more than 100 yards. They, it was not their crispest game. But a lot of that, I think, goes to Arizona as well. And Arizona's defense, I think, did some very nice things that made it a little bit more difficult on Penix and a very talented team uh, than the way things were looking uh, in that first quarter. So credit, I think, has to go for Arizona there. And in the games that come up here, when they're up against, you know, a Washington State team that can load it up from an offensive standpoint and gets completely overlooked, USC, uh, you know, who obviously can score, USC can't stop the four of us, which might bode well for Arizona, but, um, you know, they can obviously put points on the board. Uh, you, you know, that it becomes it becomes an interesting situation where you can, as Anthony, I think noted uh, at the top of the broadcast, where you can see Arizona being good enough to come up with some W's here, even if they're going to be an underdog in most or all of these games. Let's switch over to the defense here in a minute, but, but first DraftKings, things are heating up at the ballpark. The D-backs here in Arizona just clinched a wild card spot as an example in the playoffs. Every team is trying to finish the season strong. We are in playoff time, and that's why you need the DraftKings Sportsbook. You don't want to miss a moment of baseball action. NBA, play, NBA games are starting up as well. New customers with PHNX can score $150 instantly in bonus bets for just betting 
five dollars shoe five dollars on baseball so what are you waiting for download the DraftKings sportsbook app now use code word phnx new customers can score 150 dollars instantly in bonus bets for just betting five dollars five dollars gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.com 1-800-GAMBLER.net in new york call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in connecticut help is available for problem gambling call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org please pay responsibly on behalf of Hill casino and resort licensee partner golden nugget lake charles louisiana 21 place plus varies by jurisdiction void in ontario see draftkings.com slash baseball for eligibility terms and responsible gambling resources bonus bets expire seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply Whew, mouthful all right are we all getting together to put a get money in a pool for the d-backs to win the world series it's happening what a brilliant idea. Yeah. Oh, Damon says it's happening. I do that uh, DraftKings read on uh, every PHNX bet show. Follow <laughs> PHNX underscore bets. Hit that like button. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I do that DraftKings re- read every day, and it's definitely a mouthful for sure. And the D-backs are totally winning a World Series. Oh, totally. Totally. It's been, it's been stated. It yeah. has been proclaimed. Hey, man, if Damon's saying it, it will be spoken into existence. So there you go. All right, let's, let's talk about the defense. Um, I thought... From a, I guess, pass rush standpoint, they really did surprise me at times. There were a couple of sacks on Michael Penix. I thought the first drive of the game, like Shu said, after watching that, I you said, boy, oh boy, this is going to be a long game. It could be 48 to three. Grab a cup of coffee at that point. But again, guys, we've talked about the talent on this defensive line and not only the talent, but the depth. And when you have big guys in there like Bill Norton, Upshaw, et cetera, you're going to be able to get a pass rush. And I thought the scheming was a little bit questionable at times. I thought Nansen did a decent job in the second half, making some adjustments, bringing more pressure. But as a whole, Anthony, I don't hate what the defense did tonight. You only gave up 31 points to Washington. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't horrible. This was by far their, their biggest test because uh, you know, those first four opponents were not good passing teams or just flat out, not good. And, um, you know, heading into the stretch, that was my biggest concern. We knew the defense looked better. They had played better, but they hadn't seen anything like Washington. And, you know, by extension, USC the next week, Washington State after that. And you're right. The, the first couple drives, you're like, everybody's like, okay, you just can't sit back and let that guy throw swing passes and gain eight, nine, ten yards every play. So, yeah, they did make some adjustments in game and got a little – uh, a little more pressure. You got two sacks of, of Penix, which is one more than Washington had allowed all year. So I think that's something to kind of hang your head on. Um, you know, going in, it, it, is this the best Arizona can do going into these next games? Is that, is that I mean, you do you just hope, hey, we can hold USC to 35, 38? I don't know. I don't know how much better they can be. You know, it's sometimes it's the little things. Of course, these are big things, but just a play here and there. Third and 14, third and 16, you're giving up those plays. You make two more plays, you're stopping two touchdown drives. Yeah, and so that's what we talked well, about. Not yeah. super far away. It's not. It's not. But you also, for instance, they're they, – didn't they turn the ball over once at the five yep. could have had another turnover. That was a controversial play at about the five. Uh, and then. Looks like shoe froze. He'll rejoin us here, but no, you're absolutely right. And Damon, that's the thing, right? I mean, when you look at the final score here and you look at some of these situations on third down where Arizona just gave up third and long here or there, a dumb penalty here or there. If you have a couple less of those mistakes, I mean, this very well could have been a tie game, which has got to give you hope. Oh yeah. They, I mean, they felt like backbreakers for sure. Uh, that Devin uh, Culp catch mm-hmm. on third and Crazy. 16. That yeah. I mean, that was that felt like to me when I was watching it live. That felt like game. Like I was watching it and I was like, "Damn!" Like that. That was it. Uh, and it was an incredible catch. Good coverage, even. Uh, sometimes you know they just make the play, and that's kind of what Washington does. But yeah, I mean, those third downs, those were tough. Some of those third and longs. Uh, I, I, I honestly, I, I can't even like. It's hard for me to even be like, 
like uh, kind of criticizing them or whatever, or not criticizing, but like talking about that. Cause I thought the defense did their job tonight. I, I couldn't have really asked much more out of them uh, personally. Cause I didn't think, you know, they're not holding Washington to three touchdowns. Like that's just not going to, no one does that. So uh, honestly, I, I liked the, the effort from the defense in general, but those third downs were backbreakers. And I think it's just a kind of a testament to how good Michael Penix is. I mean, he's just, he's just a really, really good quarterback. Yeah, at yeah. least now Arizona's at the point where they don't necessarily have to blitz or bring extra guys in passing situations. And because that is for the past several years, pretty much every year since uh, Scooby Wright left, that was the only way Arizona could get pressure. They had to sell out, bring two, three extra guys, which left them vulnerable in the back end. The key to being a great defense is to rush for, drop everybody else, and still get pressure. And Arizona's closer to being that team. They're not quite there every every down, every possession, but they're getting closer. Yeah, they, they really are. Um, and, Shu, before you cut off there, I mean, it, we were talking about how Arizona's defense is just one or two plays away, right? I mean, there has been such a big progression from this year to last year, and AG was making the point that, when you have the talent and the depth that they do from a scheming standpoint, it makes things easier, right? Because you can rely on your pass rush. They were able to get in Penix's face tonight. They were able to make some big things happen. And for Arizona to be in these types of games, whether it's Washington, whether it's USC, all these Pac-12 schools, they score a lot of points per game. And your defense is going to have to rise to the occasion. And there's going to be have to be pressure there. There's going to have to be stops on third down. Unfortunately, Arizona's a few third down stops away from maybe being a tied ball game tonight. Yeah, uh, but uh, in the hunt and making steps, as frustrating as that is, because you want to be able to make plays and get teams off the field. But I am curious, uh, as whereas last year, I think Arizona was in five games last year defensively with a team that they played, they gave that scored the most points all year long. Uh, and, and so Arizona had some games in, in 22 that were just dreadful from a defensive standpoint. This year, I'm curious to see if that flips a little bit, if 31 is Washington's low output, uh, cl at least closer to that as opposed to the uh, other. Last year, Washington scores, what, 55? This Washington team probably puts 55 on Arizona, and it's never really close, and Arizona's trying to figure out how to you know, get into uh, shootouts. Next week, we anticipate it's going to be something of a shootout and we're wondering what, whether Arizona can keep pace, but maybe the cat's defense is a little bit better than overall. It's not as good as we'd like to see, but it's a little, it's a heck of a lot better than what we've seen so far. So, you know, you don't always want to matchups matter uh, and things get changed a little bit. So it's always difficult to make a comparison from team to team, to team, to team, but it could be interesting to see if Arizona stacks up a little bit better in Colorado did against USC and other groups like that. And, and, and if they do, then I think one of the reasons is their ability to make adjustments in games. And I think that's something that's been really impressive for this team on that side of the ball. Yeah, let's look at the comments here. Jose Ramon makes a, a point here, and I think we saw this in the first half when he says, UA looked to keep everything in front of them, it seemed. Gave up four to six passing plays, only rushed three at times. But you got to give the coaching staff credit. They did make some adjustments there in the second half. And when you've got the talent up front, you can do a little bit more different things than in years past. But yeah, you would like to have some of those third and long uh, stops back. But at the same time, Again, the number for me is 31 points. You only gave up 31 points to Washington. They're scoring 50 points a game. So all around, yeah. that's a win. And in fairness, you guys are right. Arizona should be good enough to stop teams on third and long. And, you 100%. know, if you're you're in a and sometimes the opposition has what was Dick Tomey's uh, quote? The other guys have scholarship players, too. Uh, yeah. And and Washington clearly has some really good ones. Yeah. The Culp catch, again, which was instrumental in Washington uh, getting into the end zone and changing that from being, you know, keeping Arizona at arm's length. I think it made it a 17-point game when they finally got in the end zone. That was such a ridiculously great catch on his part that the, the coverage was good. The coverage was in that play was about as good as you can ask. And, you know, sometimes the guy across from you makes plays, but again, on third and 14 and third and 16, you know, especially when penalties aren't involved, you need to figure out a way to get off the field. Arizona is closer to that, but clearly they're not there yet. 
They're going to be tested again over the next couple of weeks because the offenses that are coming their way are they're pretty damn good as well. We've we've talked a lot about USC. I don't know how much of Washington State you guys have seen. That QB's a badass too, and uh, and 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 you can understand why Washington wasn't terribly uh, Washington State rather wasn't terribly worried uh, when things uh, you know when the uh, the guy who was getting some headlines moved schools. Uh, that's a that's a re- Arizona's playing some really good teams here, and they're going to be tested. But I'm interested to see how well they do. As far as uh, you'd like to see them start well in addition to being able to make the on-field adjustments, and maybe that's part of the next step. And one of the other things you'd like to see is an interception. Sometime. That's a great point. Actually, that's a great point. Just the ability. They they, they need a big – they need turnovers, big turnovers, something dramatic that gets them off the field. Yeah, and usually that quarterback pressure, which they're better at, will lead to those interceptions. It just hasn't yet. Yeah, it's, it's it's something where, I mean, you saw tonight where Arizona gave up that interception and then in the red zone, they forced the turnover. But like you said, there needs to be consistent turnovers here. Uh, this team had not forced a turnover. That's something that they're going to need to continue to do because against USC, Washington State, we look at these quarterbacks. Shoot, you just brought it up. Cam Ward, Caleb Williams. I mean, this is the best quarterback group in all of college football. They're all here on the West Coast. And even if your defense is holding up their end of the bargain, even if they're getting to the quarterback, even if they're creating pressure, you're still going to need a couple things to go your way. And what's the easiest way for that to happen? Turnovers. Yeah, that that that's certainly uh yeah, you guys are right. That's uh, but I'm I think it becomes that becomes an interesting game and it'd be nice to see on the offensive end there was a game Anthony, 10 years ago, maybe Rich Rod played a USC team and Mm -hmm. Arizona jumped out to something like a 14, nothing lead. And the final in that game was something like 55 to 42 or, and Arizona was the team that had was arm lengthening USC and SC couldn't figure out a way to get the stop. So if this is SC's defense, isn't very good. Uh, so maybe you can turn the tables a little bit, try to get off to an early start and uh, see if that's something make, make the other team play catch up after a while. That seems to be something that hasn't necessarily always been the case for Arizona. So if Arizona can do that, get the other team into more obvious passing situations, get that pressure, then the turnovers should come at a greater percentage at a greater rate. Maybe it won't, but yeah, be, you know, the, uh, I don't know what what's I don't know Ben if you know the stat Arizona's been out scored what like thirty one seven in the first quarter or something ridiculous mm, bad, yep yeah it's it's bad I mean you can't have yeah. those slow starts especially when you build yourself a deep hole like that against somebody like Caleb Williams granted Colorado did tease us a little bit today yeah. and we'll get to that in a minute and I want to get to Arizona's position players especially on the running back and receiver side because we saw something different today that we haven't seen all season but first Shady Rays. We all need to get Shady Rays. You want to look cool. Mike Luke talks about it all the time on the show. These are the best sunglasses out there. Gear built to last, premium polarized shades. You don't need to spend all the money on Ray-Bans and all these other fancy brands. Shady Rays is there for you. They're an independent sunglass company. World-class product, just as good as those other brands. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures, which I'm sure we all do here in the beautiful state of Arizona. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, don't worry. Even on day one, we won't be mad at you. We promise. They told you they t- they tell you that we will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. They have your back long term after you purchase. Everybody here at PHNX wears Shady Rays, and you will be cooler for doing so. Um, exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to shadyrays.com and c- use code word PHNX for fifty percent off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's a hell of a deal right there. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over two hundred and fifty. 50,000 people. Um, Let's talk about the receivers and the running backs. Um, A lot of people have been calling for the names of Speedy Luke and the names of Jonah Coleman and the names of DJ Williams, some of these other players, because as we've talked about all year, Arizona has a plethora of weapons on the offensive side. Um, Tonight, one new thing you did see is Speedy Luke returning kicks. You saw, obviously, Jonah Coleman get the nod over uh, Wiley because he was hurt in the backfield. But uh, shoot, 
Damon, I mean, this team just has a lot of different options on the offensive side, and it's nice to know that you can get other guys involved like they did tonight. Damon, I'll yield to you on that one at first. Go for it. Uh, I mean, we talked about it a little bit earlier. I mean, it, we could use that third guy at receiver, but that running back stable is solid. I mean, uh, especially with Wiley out. I mean, you didn't even feel it that that bad tonight, and he's obviously the best one of of you know all of the guys in the running back room. Um, but it didn't really skip a beat. Jonah Coleman is a guy I really, really like. Uh, I think, you know, I'm really happy to have him moving forward as the starting running back uh, next year. And I think that he has a lot of potential to be like a, you know, kind of game changer type of player for us. But kind of like was mentioned earlier, it would be nice to see some of these third receivers kind of grow into their role a little bit. Uh, T-Mac and Cowing always get the job done, it seems, every single game, basically. Uh, The team would not be nearly as successful without them. They're essentially in large part the offense, but um, it would it would be nice to get that third guy. Uh, and, and Tanner's been good too at tight end. I mean, he, he's he's a good, good tight end. So, uh, you know, he, you could argue he's that third guy, but um, it would have been nice for like a Kevin Green or somebody to kind of step up this year a little bit more. But if you have these guys, what do you do with them? And maybe that's part of the equation as well. Uh, You have two really good receivers who stand out, who should get, uh, you know, they're going to be the top rung guys who the defenses try to figure out how they're going to scheme. And then you trickle down from there, but they're still going to make big plays. And, you know, some of the numbers have been pretty good. But if you're focusing the the point to a large degree, obviously you're going to get your big weapons their share of touches. But when you don't, what are you going to do with the other guys on the field? And maybe that's an area where Arizona's kind of struggled a little bit at this stage. And if they have some guys who can spread the field from side to side or maybe, uh, you know, drop down on a five or six yard pattern, perhaps that's available too. And they just need to be a little bit more versatile. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing some of that either. And, and perhaps at this stage, that's still part of the learning process. I would like to see some more speedy Luke. I think that speed is just a a different dimension that we don't really have outside of him in this offense. Like just that kind of game breaking speed. Uh, I don't really see that that often. Like we, it's kind of long methodical drives like we talked about. So it would be nice to maybe get him a few more touches. Anthony, I saw with him a a couple of things. Obviously the speed is there. Like Damon mentioned, I mean, the talent is there, but there were just some critical mistakes and just, just dummy mistakes where you shake your head. And I think you attribute a lot of that to obviously the fact that, you know, he's young and whatnot, but there was a play, I think on third and five, where if he would have just tucked his shoulder, he would have clearly got the first down, obviously mishandling the kick return. So uh, a work in progress for him, but I think he's a guy that, you know, as he grows over time, he'll probably get more involved with this offense. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to see more of him. I'd love to see him not necessarily get the ball on consecutive plays running up the middle. Yeah. Um, that seemed a, a weird use of him as opposed to getting him out on the edges where that speed is really apparent. But uh, Coleman and I mean, I, I love, I love it every time DJ Williams gets the ball. I mean, he runs so freaking hard. Yeah. Uh, I've got no problem with DJ Williams getting carries and, you know, Jonah, I think is going to be great. Uh, so you didn't really feel Michael Wiley's absence. Maybe there's some other things that we weren't looking for. I think, he usually does a really good job in pass pro and things like that. He's really versatile. You know, maybe it's a case of trying to get your best weapons on the field. You just use him maybe more as a split out wide. So you have a Coleman or DJ Williams in the backfield and he's more in the slot or, you know, he's a guy you can get the quick pass to and let him do his thing. But they do have a lot of weapons, but they don't really seem to be specializing in any one of them right now. Shoot, I think one thing to remember on this side of the ball, when it comes to Fish's offense, Brad Rich makes a point here in the comments where he says, who do you sit for Kevin Green? I think he's good, but T-Mac, Cowing, and Montana are just better. This isn't a Rich Rod offense where you're scattering five to six receivers out there at all times. I think this is a pro-style offense. I think they're comfortable with the three guys they have, and I think as time goes on, you're going to see more of that. Yeah, probably. Uh, it, it doesn't look like at this stage Fish is going to make any grand changes right now. Mm. I think he's relatively comfortable that, uh, you know, this is something that can move the chains and this is the approach that they're going to use. And if they, you know, negate mistakes like penalties and that sort of thing, and they can be a little bit more effective in getting the ball in the end zone. The problem is at the college level versus the pro level is that you do make mistakes and you do have penalties and very often penalties, uh, you know, uh, do stop drives 
at this level. And maybe, maybe that's something that's a little bit part of the uh, growing process. You expect, yeah, you know, I've been in the NFL, I've been in a variety of teams. I'm very accustomed to, you know, putting good players out there in the right position and a 12 play 80 yard drive happens at the college level, 12 plays and 80. There, there's a reason a lot of teams bend and note, don't break on the defensive end. And a lot of that has to do with the anticipation that offenses at the college level are going to make mistakes. And, you know, when that happens, Arizona has not proven, I think, at this stage that when they're behind the chains, even with the talent that they have, that they're consistently going to be able to fix that. Other teams in this conference can. One of them across, one of them played across from Arizona tonight. USC is one of those teams that doesn't care. Oregon doesn't care about that sort of thing, I think, to some degree. Arizona, from a skill position standpoint, is not at this stage just yet. Thankfully, on another note, one of the things I always go to for Anthony Gimino is the latest in terminology. Nobody that I know when it comes to football terms is more trendy than Anthony. I learned something oh. just a few moments ago. Anthony said pass pro. Never heard it before. I, maybe that's something that's been said, you know, thousands of times. But I have a feeling that somehow that's going to catch on. Just like the uh, every, everybody used to call it a run-pass option, and then they just started calling it an RPO for some reason. Now they don't call it pass protection, they call it pass pro. All because, here, let's point in the right direction, of Anthony Gimino. Yeah, maybe you're Thank you, there. Anthony. Yeah, I yeah. really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm sure that's something Brad Alice has said many, many times. <laughs> oh, many, 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 times. many, many times while listening to great heavy metal. Let's talk about or more of, heavy metal. <laughs> yes, let's 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 dive a little bit deeper into that. But first, OGs, <laughs> we all get stressed out. We all need our gummies, and OG is the gummy for you. Stuck on what kind of gummies to get? Get OGs. They took the guesswork out of it for you. That decision is 420 times easier with the fruits and creams mixed bags. See what I did there, shoe with the 420 reference. Oh, I really did see that. That was impressive. Yes. Yeah, so on the fruit side, you've got red apple, watermelon, peach. On the cream side, if you're more of a creamy guy or girl, blackberries and cream, orange creamsicle, that sounds good, and peaches and cream, that one is good as well. All those are Hall of Fame flavors all in one place, OGs. Plus, the fruits and the creams are available in both – uh, a sunny or mellow blend, allowing you to customize your OGs and uh, get the typical, get the feeling that you want out of your OGs. So check out our friends at OGs, brand yourself and try one or a few of their many different delicious flavors. Check them out all across the locations and their brands at OG Brands on social media and online at ogsbrands.com to find them at a local dispensary near you. You must be 21 plus uh, to enjoy. That's the thing, right? With this, with this defense, when you look at USC, I think today is basically what we've seen all year from this team. Was I surprised that Colorado came back in the second half? No, just because I think USC's defense has a lot of glaring holes. I think Anthony Gimino can speak to the best of this out of all of us. When you look at somebody like Lincoln, Lincoln Riley, if you've paid attention, this isn't anything new when it comes to his defenses. Um, and on the Arizona side, you have an offense with Caleb Williams that obviously does a great a number of great things. Heisman trophy winner can move the ball, can score the ball, but defensively, if you're Arizona AG, you got to feel pretty good about what you did today, but that game plan against USC, it's going to have to hold intact and you're going to have to find a way to make sure it does at least on the defensive line. And especially in the secondary too. Yeah. I don't think this, the game plan Arizona showed early won't work against USC, yeah. similar to how it didn't work against Washington in the first quarter. You're going to have to take some chances. You're going to have to bring some pressure. Um, you're the underdog. You're not as talented as USC. You're going to have to take some take some chances. Um, I'm sure you know. I'll, I'm sure many many USC podcasts this week will be hoping Alex Grinch gets fired as defensive coordinator. Because they spent, uh, you know, they did a they did good work in the portal, in the offseason to to on paper upgrade that defense, and it it should be better. They've got better dudes up front. They've got better guys in the secondary, and the results are not there at all for USC. They're 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 continuing to mask their problems with great offense, and timely turnovers. You know, last year they just crushed it in turnover margin this year not quite as good but they're they're still getting some and that's the game changer for them and 
and, and that is what needs to be the game changer for Arizona. We just haven't seen, you know, we've gone again, I'll go back to the uh, Scooby Tremaine Bondurant years. Yeah. That's the last time we saw an Arizona team that was really good at turnovers and they weren't, those teams weren't necessarily great on defense, but they stopped a lot of drives because of turnovers. And that's the thing, Damon, right? Because you know Caleb Williams is going to go out there and do what he does. There's going to be 400-plus passing yards. There's going to be three touchdowns. Unfortunately, I don't care how good your defense is, you're not slowing that down. But how can you slow it down a little bit with turnovers? Yeah, I mean, I think with turnovers, but even building on top of that, I think with offense, right? I mean, that's how you keep a good offense off the field is by having good offense on your own right. So sustain drives uh, like like we like to do, but uh, not are always, you know, putting into fruition. Um, I, I think that the offense in, in a USC game, really the offense is in my opinion, what needs to show up. Uh, the defense is going to be what it is. I think USC, like you said, is going to put up the requisite points, you know, 50 points, 40 points. Uh, but we really need our offense to be able to hang with them if we want to have any chance in that one. And what I, I again, what I hope kind of happens in this matchup next week is uh, that, SC is doing the chasing as opposed to the other way around. If Arizona is down on the road like it was in the first quarter today, it's probably going to be a long day in L.A. Every game. Uh, yeah, 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 fair enough. There, there, there needs to be some sort of urgency out of the gate where it's one thing to, you know, talk big. And I think Fish said something to, the, you know, to one of the uh, uh, television broadcasters. Oh, yeah, we want the ball. We're ready to go, blah, 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 whatever, whatever, uh, you know, coach speak blather happens to come out of there. But then, you know, the other team just – most down the field and scores and all of a sudden you're down seven and then down 14. Now you're trying to play catch up and, you know, figure out a way and your defense kind of keeps you around. You do that against SC, you're probably going to be in problem in, in difficult times. Conversely, from an SC standpoint, I think SC is the exact opposite of Utah. They're really good, but they have a woeful weakness that is at this rate and this trajectory eventually going to catch up to them. Utah probably has the best defense in this conference, but their offense is hideous. SC might have the worst defense in this conference, but their offense is great. In the last two weeks, consider ASU has uh, SC has kept ASU and Colorado in football games. Those two teams are going to finish in the bottom half of the league. Arizona's going to finish in the bottom half of the league, but they may be a little bit more balanced than the last two opponents are. Uh, so I think there's an opportunity here for Arizona to make this interesting. But, you know, SC has bigger sights. And, and if they play defense like this against Washington, Oregon, you know, some of these teams that can just mow you with serious offensive schemes and play a little bit of defense on the other end, then the defensive coordinator is going to be in a lot of heat because SC ain't going to win those games. And that's going to be something that's really problematic for a lot of folks out there who kind of have in a league that's, I think, at this stage, it's fairly, it's more than fair to say that the Pac-X is the uh, is the best league top to, top, top to bottom in this conference. But I look at some of the teams at the top, SC included, and think they're top 10, they're legit top 10 teams who, but what's happened is because it's SC, They've been anointed as the team that's going to represent the conference in the playoffs this year. I think Oregon's better. I think Washington's better. I think Washington State's better at this stage. And 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 I'm not sure a team like Oregon State couldn't be a problem if they met in some scenario as well. Uh, so I think there's an opportunity for Arizona to cause some problems here. They have some skill position players to do it. Uh, and and we'll see if uh, they're good enough. And, uh, you know, to get it done. And while, while we talk about, as Anthony noted, Arizona trying to force turnovers, Arizona can't commit them either. Uh, so maybe that's uh, one of the reasons why the quarterback who started tonight might be worthy of consideration, even if both are healthy next week. Let's put a bow on this here in a minute and look at by the numbers. But first, Fubo TV. 140 plus live channels of sports shows and news. Fubo TV is your go-to place here. Stream live TV from anywhere, any device. Watch the most Arizona sports for the lowest price. Start watching immediately 
with a free trial. There's no contract, no cable, no hassle. Just sign up and start watching a thousand hours as well of cloud DVR. So you can go back and record all your favorite Arizona football and basketball games. Like I know John Schuster does and go back and break them down on the, on the big whiteboard there. So watch your local teams right here in Arizona, college football, Pac-12, U of A, NFL. We got the Arizona Cardinals playing tomorrow, NFL network, NFL red zone. It's all there. The NBA is starting up. Watch all your favorite sports with Fubo. Go to Fubo dot tv.com forward slash phnx to sign up for 15 percent off your first month of fubo pro and then phnx diehard become a phnx diehard my friends you go to our events you go it is your go-to place for everything arizona sports across the state talk about all the new fun things going on at the phnx diehard you need to get in on that we have weekly newsletters coming out Anthony Jamino is manning those on the Wildcat fronts on Thursdays. You can read all the good stuff there. Had a fantastic piece this week on the 1992 Washington game. Go ahead and take a look back if you haven't read that already. But Great. on the PH Next diehard front, reserve your tickets for free. And you can also go to away watch parties for the Arizona Cardinals. We know we've got some NFL fans here. John Schuster is a long-suffering Cardinals fan. So join us at every away game if you're up in Phoenix at the Bet MGM Sportsbook at State Farm Stadium for ticket raffles, prize gives and more. Link is in the show notes. Let's look at by the numbers here, Sean. All right, here. 342 total yards. Granted, Arizona only had 200 yards there in the first half. One touchdown. Five per 13 on third down. AG, when you look at this graphic here, the 440, 474 yards for Washington, six for 10 really is what stands out and, and why yeah. they won this game here. Yeah, that's that's the killer on that graphic. The 474 is great. Washington came in averaging 590, I think. So uh, that was good. But just allowing them to keep a couple of those touchdown drives alive on those long third downs. And as, as we've noted, the uh, pass to Culp was, you know, really nothing Arizona did poorly. It was just a great play. But again, that's been a trend for Arizona during this uh, dark period of the last several years. They cannot get themselves off the field when they need to get their defense off the field. Shoot. Uh, yeah, uh, and and one of the things that Washington does a nice job of in this scenario is they were very good at giving, uh, taking what Arizona was giving them. Uh, so it so so very often it put Washington in third and one, third and two, third and three. Those are uh, easier to convert, and, and Washington's clearly a good enough team to do that, even though. They didn't help themselves, and their coaching staff is going to gripe at them a little bit, understandably, uh, over the 12 penalties for 125 yards. That's something that also played a role in keeping Arizona maybe a little bit closer in this matchup as well. And I think Washington had a big turnover to one that I know that they committed uh, within the five-yard line when it looked like they were going to put the game away. So, you know, they have some coachable moments here as well, especially given as good as they are and the rightful uh, – uh, a publicity that Penix is getting, uh, you know, they're they're a team that's getting, you know, reasonable attention has an has a lot of opportunities to do some big things this year too, and I think they're good enough to be a legit factor on the national scale. So even though they come out of, you know, you look at two of the teams tonight uh, who are considered top echelon in this conference, Washington goes into Arizona wins by seven. You kind of go, eh, you look at that score. Played late at night, you're on the East Coast or the Central Time Zone. It's like, yeah, maybe Washington's not that great because Arizona's so-so. Uh, and, and you look at the SC Colorado score and maybe have, you know, if you look at it just just a score standpoint, SC and Washington were both better than Arizona and Colorado tonight. Uh, but those scores are a lot closer than, you know, if you're not paying particular attention to what's going on uh, in the Pack x in those big matchups, uh, then those aren't necessarily going to Im impress you per se. But I think they're very good uh, football teams. I think Washington's a more complete team than SC, but SC's still in the conversation. Oregon did what it was supposed to at Stanford uh, in that route. By the way, before we get out of here, I wanted to mention, I don't know how many folks uh, watch this game at the stadium tonight. In the first half, at least, uh, and that's often the case at Arizona Stadium, that atmosphere, the family weekend atmosphere on uh, on the U of A campus was fantastic. 
It was it. It's been nutsoid, nutsoid last night. Absolutely loony to, to tonight. They sold out the venue, and uh, it, it was great to see that at Arizona. In the process, uh, I, I I came across uh, one of our uh, listeners, podcast listener, guy named Matthew out of Chicago, uh, who doesn't uh, communicate with us, uh, isn't in the chats, listens to the uh, broadcast a couple days later as he's making his rounds. That was great to uh, hear, and and it was good to just see kind of a wildcat atmosphere. Uh, around here in abundance. Last night, today, family weekend worked very well. And uh, for the ones who remained at Arizona Stadium, I know a lot of them left at the half, especially when Washington got up 18. Uh, you know, they saw a pretty decent team with a uh, a game with a team on the upswing. So I think it's been a, a very enjoyable weekend, Tucson, on that front as well. Well, well, given the fact that, too, you sold out, right? I mean, 50,000 people, 50,000 tickets, that first half was indicative of that, like you said, and really cool to see everybody out there. The weather is getting slightly better. I think it was 86 degrees at kickoff, so not too bad. A, a fun time out there for sure. All right, Damon, AG, we'll start with Damon. Let's put a bow on this one, and uh, what do you expect next week for USC? Well, uh, let me just start off by saying that I thought – uh, just looking at the the stats and everything, I know Anthony mentioned it earlier, but uh, about like the yards they average, but Washington did come into this game averaging 49.75 points per game, and we held them to 31. So, uh, I mean, if I told you guys before the game 31 points for Washington, you'd be like, yeah, we have a shot to win it. And I think that, um, I mean, we did really, but we didn't we didn't play well enough to get that W. So, uh, is what it is, but. Uh, you know, I, I you can't get much better of a performance, I think, against such a high flying offense um, going into USC. What was the question again? I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen next week? Um, I I see it kind of being similar. Uh, we just don't have the di the dynamic type offense that uh, USC is going to have. I mean, even, even keeping everything in front of us tonight, we obviously were allowing a lot of Arizona was allowing a lot of uh, like stuff in the flats easy eight yards here and there uh, really, you know, easy, easy pitches and catches for Penix. And uh, if we do that to USC, I think they'll do the same thing. They'll pick us apart like that. And uh, hopefully we can, if we don't get another, a couple turnovers, like we were mentioning earlier, uh, I don't, I don't really see us having much of a shot, but um, you never know. So we always seem to be able to pull off one of these upsets every year. Uh, so hopefully it's this one, this next USC one. Yeah, my, my prediction for next week will be that on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, we're all going to have to listen to Mike Luke talk about how Noah Fafita should absolutely be the starting quarterback. So that I'm sure that is going to dominate the talk on uh, the Wildcats PHNX uh, podcast. Um, I'm, I'm with you, Damon, on the game. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's probably too big of a task, but it's also – the good thing is it's, it's no longer like unreasonable. Yeah. No. In the past two or three years, you'd say, oh, they're going to SC. They've got 0.00% chance. <laughs> now they got a little bit. They got a chance, right? Um, and that, the, they are going to get some of these upsets eventually. Uh, they, they're just going to be – it's that old uh, Rich Rod they're, – they're at the middle stage of what Rich Rodriguez always said was the development of a program. You know, you take over a bad program, you're going to lose big. Then you're going to lose small. Then you're going to win small. Then hopefully you win big. They are right driving down the middle of lose small, win small. And it's going to be like that for several more games. You know, they lost the close one at Mississippi State, which, again, they are going to really, really regret at the end of the year yeah. because that was right there. Mm -hmm. We go back. We take this game, go back in time. They beat Mississippi State easy. Um but they pulled out Stanford in a really close game last week. Again, th this game wasn't that close, really. But considering that this game was still within reach with like a minute and eight seconds left and an onside kick pending, you know, we'll we'll consider that again another lose small. There's going to be there's going to be four or five or more of those kind of games, and it's can you just make one play more, two plays more, get that over from the lose small category to the win small category. So I think the USC kind of has a really good chance of falling in that. They're going to be, they're going to be within range if they play well to beat the Trojans. They're, they're certainly, uh, they're certainly gettable. 
because I you think... brought it up, AG, and everybody's asking in the comments, who is going to be QB1? Who do you think should be QB1 next week? Um, Delore will... Sounds like uh, it sounds like this is like a one week injury, right? He, yeah. he didn't come out there in a boot or run crutches or anything. So I suspect he'll be the quarterback, and uh, I'm okay with that. I would, I would, I'd be happy to ride with Fafita. Honestly, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, I think he's, I think he's got a little bit of that it factor. I think he's super efficient, and he's the future. I mean, he's definitely the future here. I mean, he, we know Dolores he got another year of eligibility after this, but does anybody think he's really going to be the quarterback here next year? No. So maybe it's time. Shoot. I agree with that. I, I think that, uh, I mean, JDL, I, based off what I've seen this season, like in terms of regression, mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I would be thrilled if Fafita was the guy going forward. Right. I'm not necessarily thinking that he gives us a better chance to win every game but kind of being in the gauntlet that is the Pac-12, I'm fine with letting him develop. I mean, I I know we talked about it earlier, but uh, and I had the title as like Noah Fafita was shaky, but like I said, that's expected when you play a number seven team in the country on your first career start. Like that's that's a really tough spot. USC is another tough spot, uh, but all that experience could build into something I think really special. I think Fafita has the ability to be that guy, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to letting giving him the reins full time and we'll have to see what happens when adversity actually hits i mean but but the thing based on tonight's very small sample size is that there's no notable difference between your number one and your number two starting quarterback and the reason that there is a number one starting quarterback is that he's supposed to be better and and (laughs) and there's no there's no clear evidence right now that that's the case uh however if delora is the starter next week and there are two or three turnovers and Arizona loses this game by 14. The Jetfish vision is probably going to feel a lot of heat, and there's going to be a lot of change. There's going to be a lot of call for change. Uh, so I, I, I think that is a very possible topic of conversation about 10 days from now, uh, and, and, if, and, and, and we'll see if that plays itself out. Now, we all understand that I'm the insane guy, and this is going to be an example of insanity here. Damon and Anthony are correct. The way the game's going to lay out next week is that SC's probably going to have too much on offense. Arizona's going to play catch-up. There are going to be times where it feels like it's close, and it's going to be one of those frustrating games where SC, you know, because they're ordained, uh, is going to, you know, win this game 48-38 or something like that. Damn it, I think Arizona's going to beat SC next week. We'll see. There it is. Mike Luke and I will be there. Mike Luke and I will be there. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Last time in the Coliseum. So fantastic. That'll be fun. We'll we'll be the good luck charm, hopefully. All right. Arizona falls to Washington 31 24. Appreciate everyone in the comments. You guys are the best. Mike Luke will be back. Fear not. He'll be back on Tuesday. Another great week of PHNX Arizona Wildcat content. And of course, our post game show as well after the USC game. Appreciate Damon joining us. For Damon, for Anthony Jamino, for John Schuster, I'm Ben White. You have been watching the PHNX Arizona Wildcat postgame show.